Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous and wonderful Wednesday evening. Yes, I. Uh, the song that was being played was by Petra, Blinded Eyes, and that was by no coincidence as to why I played that, because I believe that our nation is in a dear state of spiritual blindness, and uh, it just amazes me, uh, you know, how God can illuminate uh, us to the truth, those who are saved. And uh, we see those, so many uh, in this world who have been blinded indeed uh, to the truth uh, of the gospel and, uh, and to the truth in general, you know, uh, just uh, the, uh, uh, the actions uh, that we've seen today uh, by those in the house uh, and, uh, uh, and just in this whole election process in general, how uh, uh, so many have been blinded uh, to the truth. And, you know, we sit back to those who are saved and look at these circumstances thinking, what in the world's going on? I mean, just it's it's insanity. You know, I see people on social media and things that they say uh, uh, who are of a liberal mindset. I, I, look, I look at that and it's just like, you just want to grab them and shake them. It's like, how do you believe these things? It's, it's insanity. But um, it's just... Uh, uh, their hearts and minds have been blinded is all there is to it. But uh, I know today has been a trying day and a frustrating Well, I'd be honest with you, since uh, November, I think we've been pushed. And uh, it's been a rough time for a lot of us. So uh, stay the course, my friends. And stay uplifted and stay uh, excited in anticipation of what's to come. And don't let uh, uh, things get you down. All right? So... Well, let's go ahead and look at our scripture this evening. Uh, we are going to uh, look over here. Let me go over here to get the slide up here. Here we go. We're going to be looking at Philippians 1.27. So let's bring that up here. Well, there we go. Philippians 1.27. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So I want you to look at that just for a minute and ponder on that because I forgot to put my cross up back here on my background. So let me do that real quick. Give me just a second. I always like to have my cross up when uh, we do church service. And uh, I just feel like it's appropriate. And so I just realized I didn't have that back there and wanted to make sure I got that up. So there we go. I feel better now about that. Feel much better about myself. So, uh, I've got several people watching here uh, this evening, and appreciate you all. Uh, we're going to do prayer requests and uh, Sharon Boyd said prayers for our country. Most definitely, I think that we definitely need to do that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Fran Pear says uh, prayers for Eddie Green, Glenn Johnson, Miss Betty, Murph, Wendy Lee, Ron Thompson, Nori, and John Johnny. Uh, Robert DeBray, prayers for our country. Uh, let's see here. Uh, good evening, Jamie and Linda. Uh, and uh, let's see here. I guess that's all I see as far as prayer requests uh, uh, on there. Now, as um, uh, of course, uh, I think Fran already had on there about Murph, but uh, we got Murph, Kim Penix, Jane Kitchings, Wendy Lee, PK, Larky, and Nancy. Jackie and Rhonda, Troy and Ginger, Johnny and Nora, Morris and Carolyn, uh, Larry and Dinah, P.T. and Sherry, Linda and Ralph, Ron Thompson, 
Kathy Young, David Stennett, Joe Franklin, Pat Brown, Tracy Kent, Donnie Cutshaw, Glenn Johnson, Martin Ledford, Jimmy Russell family, Betty Whaley, Mike Bradley, Michael Masters, Ben Street family, Judy Hill, Willie Smith, Jesse Gray. So uh, make sure we pray for those individuals. And, um, and Hoover Smith said pray for uh, Lisa's family. Most definitely will do that. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if there's any others here. Uh, yeah, pray for Mike Telefero. I was talking to him the other night. So be a prayer for him. Uh, Jerry Keller, uh, uh, he had to have a procedure done. So be a prayer for him. And, uh, and trying to see here. Verda, Brian, Pauline, unspoken. And uh, Glenn Johnson, he's got a spot on his lung. So uh, definitely pray for those individuals. And uh, so with that said, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Therefore, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Uh, Lord, I just want to lift up each and every one of these prayer requests and concerns. Lord, uh, I think what's uh, weighing heavily on most people's minds right now is our country and the state of affairs that it is in. And uh, Lord, we know your will must be done before Christ returns to rapture us out of here. And uh, Lord, just help us to... Uh, stay true, stay strong, keep our eyes on the prize, and uh, Lord, uh, just help us to uh, uh, not give in to anxiety and fears. And Lord, I do pray that uh, you'll be with Eddie Green and Bonnie, and Lord, I pray that you'll be with Murph and uh, Kim Penix and Wendy Lee. I pray you'll be with Lisa's family, and uh, Lord, I do pray that uh, you know, you'll be with Ginger Hood and Troy and Lena David Feathers. I pray you'll be with Jane Kitchings and uh, all the prayer requests and concerns that I just recently read, and Lord, uh, let your will be done in each and every situation. Uh, Lord, let you uh, let us focus on you, and uh, Lord, whatever the outcome is, uh, sometimes when we pray, it doesn't feel like our prayers aren't being answered or being answered how we want or as quick as we want. But Lord, your time is not our time, and your will is not our will, and Lord, let us submit to that, and Lord, know that you are in control of all things. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All righty, um, trying to think here. Um, as far as announcements go, can't really think of anything major going on. Just, you know, of course, I do the morning devotions uh, at 6.15 every morning. Uh, yeah, I had a guy tell me, that's so why I got started at 6.15. The guy said, You're, you started early? And I said, I looked at the clock. I was like, no, I started at 6.15. Now, unless... Uh, uh, keep an eye on uh, the Washington County school schedule. If they're uh, out or delayed, then uh, the uh, devotions will be about an hour or so later than than that. And I just do that so I don't wake uh, the family up. But, um, um, of course, that's in the mornings. And then uh, church Sunday morning, uh, 11 to 12 at 118 Julie Lane. Uh, so we'll be there at the church. And uh, Sunday's sermon title will be Attitude Adjustment. And I think it's something that... Uh, uh, we all will need to listen to and learn from, and so I encourage you to be there Sunday morning. Uh, Sunday evening, uh, we'll be on doing online service right here at 6 o'clock, so uh, be sure to tune into that as we continue our study in First Peter. So that's all the announcements that, that I have or can think of. Uh, you know, There could be more than that, but I can't think of any right off the top of my head right now, but uh, that's all that I can think of. So with that said, let's go ahead and look at our scripture this evening. Let's get over here. We're going to get into 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. 
Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they when they speak against you as evil doers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. All right. And as me, Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. So, with that said, let's go ahead and have another quick word of prayer. Let's dive into this and see where the Lord takes us this evening. Heavenly Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, uh, again, we just come before you and uh, pray that you will bless this evening's teaching. Uh, Lord, that you will lead us, guide us, direct us in your word, uh, reveal to us something that uh, we might not have noticed before. Uh, Lord, let us learn from this. Let us glean from it. Lord, help us to apply it to our daily lives, to be equipped, to be edified, and most importantly, to glorify you. Let us serve you well in thought, word, and deed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So, look at these verses here uh, this evening. Uh, we are, look at, um, it says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. Now, you know, of course, we need to keep in mind, and we've discussed this briefly once before as well, uh, that we are not of this world, okay? We are in the world, but we are not of the world. So you kind of look at it in the sense that, uh, uh, say that we were in uh, outer Mongolia, all right? You know, we, we would probably stick out like a sore thumb, uh, and uh, we realize, you know, people would spot us as strangers uh, in that land. Uh, so we may... Uh, uh, take on, uh, you know, we may take part of some of the customs, uh, you, know, you know, I don't know, maybe they uh, use a, maybe they're, you're not allowed to use a toothpick out in the open, you have to keep it covered with your hand, but you know, here in the United States, everybody just picks their teeth out in the open, it's really gross, but you know, people do that, so, but uh, you know, but you know, while you're there, uh, you uh, take part of that custom, uh, so you don't offend, and uh, uh, but yet you know you're you're still uh, uh, fully an American, but you're still a stranger uh, in that land. Well, that's kind of like what we are here as Christians. We are strangers. We are exiles uh, in this land and in this country, and uh, or in this world rather. And uh, you know that's one thing that we need to always constantly be aware of. That uh, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. And I think that's a real problem with so many Christians who want to compromise uh, with their faith, want to compromise with those in the world. Uh, it's like, you know, I, I was talking about a little bit this morning. Uh, someone had uh, uh, messaged me as wanting to know why um, uh, Christians aren't making more or churches aren't making more of a uh, uh, voice uh, in regards to laws and government. And uh, and the fact remains, and I hate to say it, that uh, churches compete against each other. Pastors are jealous of each other, and uh, and and because I'll be honest with you, to find churches such as Fountain Life Bible Church, uh, there are other churches out there. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying there's not. But to find good Bible believing churches are becoming a rarity. Uh, so many have uh, uh, they they want that affirmation from the world rather than pleasing God, and you know we talk about um, you know uh, drinking of the milk uh, in prior passages and how those uh, the, that were um, uh, scam artists or whatever you know or being deceitful they would water down that milk uh, in that way uh, so they can gain a profit. Uh, and uh, was doing wrong. Well, that's what a lot of churches do. They water down the gospel uh, so they can appease man. 
And so that's why you won't see a lot of pastors uh, speak out like me and my dad do. You don't see a lot of churches uh, going out on the front lines and uh, trying to fight against a lot of things that are wrong uh, because they don't want to be labeled as biggest. They don't want to be labeled as hate mongers. They don't want to have that label so they won't stand up and speak out. And uh, I, I had um, um, was talking to an individual earlier. I was just trying to choose my words carefully. Uh, that um, uh, had real questions about uh, the rapture and what all that entailed and if we would be here uh, when the Antichrist reigns. That depends on your uh, views on eschatology. You know, if you're a pre-trib believer, a mid-trib believer, a post-trib believer, pre-mill, post-mill, you know, you got all those things that factor into that. And um, I don't get into all those, you know, maybe we'll, we'll spend a night uh, on, uh, on, the, on the rapture, on the tribulation, uh, you know, those kind of things. We might do that one evening, but uh, if, if the Lord leads. But uh, some believe that we'll be raptured out before the Antichrist reveals himself. Uh, I'm more in the inclination, as I told this individual, that uh, we will, uh, uh, may see, we may be here partially for that, and they were like, well, why? Why would God do that? And I said, because, I, you know, God may test our faith and that he may do that weeding out of the of the weed and the chaff uh, to see uh, who is truly believers. And if that happens, it makes me wonder how many pastors and those who call themselves Christians will, will be willing to stand in the face of persecution um, and, uh, and proudly uh, pronounce their convictions as Christians. Uh, that they are a believer and in standing in the face of uh, whatever may come as a result of that. And, uh, and we, you know, like I say, that's not written a stone, personal opinion. Uh, that's what I believe uh, that uh, that may very well may happen. Uh, but you know, only time will tell. And I do believe that we are living in uh, uh, the last days. And uh, looking at a few of the comments here, um, uh David Campbell said that he's having a hard time finding a Bible-believing church where he's at, and uh, he's talking about uh, they were on the broad road. That's, that's true. And uh, so um, that's a bad thing, that there are so many on the broad path instead of the narrow way. You know, it really is. But uh, now I may make mentions of comments from here to there. You know, I don't I don't read a lot of the comments while I'm speaking, but if I see something, I might, uh, might address it. But uh, don't get your feelings hurt if I don't uh, don't read every one of the comments while we're, we're teaching this evening. But uh, so we see that, uh, beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. Now, again, uh, we see that uh, that we are, are to we are not of this world. OK, remember that. Uh, we are just passing through. We are pilgrims. Okay, I know when people think of pilgrims, uh, they uh, think of the broad hat wearing, uh, <laughs> dressed in black pilgrims who landed at Plymouth Rock, and uh, uh, we may make uh, brief uh, mention of them at Thanksgiving as we're stuffing our face, but uh, may not have a true understanding of who they are and what they had to go through and how they, actually they come here uh, to escape religious persecution. Uh, despite what uh, those on the liberal side may try to tell you to the contrary, but uh, so they even you know they were uh, those those strangers, but uh, uh, but that's what we see here at the heart of this mindset, this precious truth. Peter uses beloved as a form of, of address to assure his readers of his love for them. That's what we're seeing here. Okay, 
And, uh, in fact, uh, John Piper goes as far as to say that uh, uh, he would even add therefore uh, in front of that word beloved uh, as a part of that. And um, uh, so we see that, uh, therefore, beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh. Now, uh, of course, obviously, when we uh, we think of... Um, that of the flesh, all, all, you know, usually your your mind automatically goes to uh, of sexual sin, and that that is part of it. But uh, but what the words that are being used here is is in a much broader sense uh, than just simply uh, that of uh, dealing with sexual uh, addiction or or sexual sin, if you will. And uh, so you know we can look at um, chapter one, verse thirteen. Let's look at that over here. Now, we see that, that abstain from those passions of the flesh, okay? So, how do we abstain from those passions of the flesh? We, we see that here in one thirteen. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, preparing your minds for action. How do we prepare our minds for action? You know, when we're fighting against... Uh, thoughts and attitudes that should not be there. Uh, the only way you can do that is arming yourself with Scripture. The only way you can do that is memorizing God's Word, spending that time in prayer, spending that time in the Word of God. Uh, you know, that's why, I'm, and I've said this before, and, and I don't mean this in any way to act like I'm super Christian, but the first thing I do in the morning is read my Bible. That's the first thing I want to do, read my Bible, spend that time in prayer. In the evening, I read a chapter out of Proverbs before I go to bed. So that's the first thing I do, and that's the last thing I do. And in the mornings, I have a list of Bible verses that I that I that I've memorized, and I go back over them. Uh, to, that uh, as a way of um, the way I look at it, it's almost like uh, I'm literally putting on my armor as I'm going over those verses. I'm putting on my armor, getting ready for the battle at hand. And so that's my encouragement. You can see a lot of Christians, sadly, are lazy. Okay, they are lazy and they don't want to spend that time of memorizing verses and uh, spend that time in the word. And so when the battle comes, it's not a matter of if, but when it comes, then when you fall, when you fail, then you're like, well, I don't understand. I don't know what happened. Well, you wasn't prepared. What do you think is going to happen? You know, if I was to get into a ring at an MMA fight and, and, and never trained a day, what do you think is going to happen? They will beat me to death. You know, I wouldn't even have a chance. I'd always have to curl up in the fetal position where they kicked the snot out of me. You know, I wouldn't even know where to begin to fight. Uh, my cousin Josh, now he did do uh, some MMA fighting, and he, he was impressive. But um, but I wouldn't have a first clue. So that's why you have to train. You have to prepare. You have to be ready for that fight that is going to present itself. And whether it's this or any other uh, area in life, uh, we have to be prepared. So that's why it says we have to abstain from that. All right. Let's also look at uh, two one. Of course, we've looked at this before uh, in regards to putting away malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy. We have to put away those things. Uh, let's see. Let's look over here at um, Galatians five nineteen through twenty one real quick here. Get over here, Galatians. Hold on here. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Now the works of the flesh are evident: sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, 
jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? So that's why we have to guard our hearts and minds. That's why we have to be ready for the fight. We have to uh, to to put away. See, those things sometimes may seem natural to us or, 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 or the very things we may have to fight against. You know, and sometimes it's, you see seasoned Christians out there who are the very ones that sometimes a stumble and fall. And a good example of that, um, look at Noah. You know, here he had done all, he trusted the Lord all those years, done what he's supposed to do. You know, and here he gets drunk and exposes himself. Uh, you see King David in his early 50s. That's when he messes up and uh, with Bathsheba. You know, I heard a uh, years ago, um, Darlene asked what verse of chapter. I was Galatians 5, 19 through 21, Darlene. So. But uh, but many years, uh, a few years back, uh, I won't say many years, I mean, there's been a few years back in my uh, graduate studies at Grace, uh, I can't remember the name of the pastor. I wish I could remember the name of the pastor, but he did an excellent, I um, uh, loved his uh, uh, expository teaching on uh, King David and how that, uh, you know, here David was a uh, uh, good-looking guy, you know, and, uh, and, you know, strong and done all these incredible things and exploits. But uh, but his take on how he paraphrased what was going through the mind of David uh, before he sinned with Bathsheba, it was an excellent, excellent teaching. I wish I could remember his name, and uh, and uh, I have to go back and look through some of my books, see if I can find it. Maybe I can uh, post it on social media and y'all can watch it. But uh, just talking about how he was probably feeling getting older, uh, not feeling as attractive, maybe balding, you know, that, that happens as you age. Uh, and uh, here his men were off to war, and really he probably should have been out with his men fighting, but he decided to hold back. And uh, so he's probably feeling a little uh, self-pity uh, where he was at in his stage of life. And then uh, next thing you know, his eyes were wandering down on where it shouldn't be. And uh, he probably might have even fought it a little bit and said, Oh, I, I better not look at that. That's not right. I shouldn't do that. And then he probably just kept lingering a little longer than he should have. And next thing you know, he messed up. And I think that's, you know, I think we need to be aware, particularly as seasoned Christians, uh, the pitfalls and snares of, you know, we may take for granted uh, our walk with the Lord. And we may not be as armed and as guarded as we should be. Uh, in in our lives, and uh, you know, I, I, of course, y'all know I like. I've really been getting into to woodworking and, and really enjoy it. We've been trying to do a little side business, and that's one thing I was telling you know one thing Dad was expressing to me here not too long ago that the the the, the most dangerous tool in the uh, in the wood shop is the one that everybody gets used to, and there's truth in that. You get used to that that saw blade, and uh, you you're not as careful with it as you once was you know i know uh with that um uh, uh miter saw you know i i tell you it, it's still it, you know I'm, i haven't got to the point where i'm just comfortable with any saw to be honest with you <laughs> and uh, i know when i go to cut that thing i make sure where my fingers are at and where it's at and every I, i'm telling you I, you know every time i cut i still like you know it just it just makes me nervous rant you know and uh and that's how you know we can't flirt with sin you know we need to be that cautious of like okay where's me fingers at don't get in a hurry that's what i tell my wife and, and daughter i said do not come in and, and talk to me 
if you see me with a saw, you know, you wait till I get done, then you talk. Don't come up and scare me, you know, and because uh, I don't want to be preaching and, you know, and I'm, I'm <laughs> got like this, you know, going on. <laughs> but uh, uh, it wouldn't be good. Uh, but uh, uh, we need to be very careful. And I think sometimes we take for granted uh, our walk with the Lord and who we are with God. And and um, it's a lot easier to... Um, uh, to folk, you know, lose our focus. I guess maybe is a is a way to look at that. But um, so, uh, you know, one thing, you know, like again, we have this we have this war to fight. We have these these fleshly lusts to fight. Uh, you know, we, we can even look at the fact that um, you know, uh, Scripture talks about uh, cutting off your hand if it offends, or plugging out your eye if it offends. And, uh, and every time I read, it, I've said this before, and you know. I'll, Boy, I should just let it go, but it just I, every time I hear that, uh, I uh, those verses, uh, in particular, says cut it off. Uh, I'll never forget uh, back in the eighties, uh, we were watching Little House on the Prairie, and uh, Carolyn Ingalls had got an infection in her leg, and uh, she was uh, misinterpreting that scripture that she should cut off her leg, and I'll just never forget my dad looking hollering. He said, "That's not what that means, lady. That's not what that means, lady. Don't do it." It's just like whenever I read those verses, that comes to me just like it was yesterday. I get so tickled because Dad was just like, I mean, he's he's hard that TV. That's not what that means, lady. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Uh, for as long as I live, I get tickled. Uh, he was he was tore up that uh, <laughs> that Carolyn Ingalls might uh, misinterpret that scripture and cut her leg off. So, but uh, she didn't. So. They didn't. They didn't uh, uh, <laughs> have to call her gimp after that. But uh, anyway, but even George Mueller, uh, there's a good quote here talking about George, George Mueller as an old man uh, who had walked with God for years used to pray, "Lord, don't let me become a wicked old man," uh, because he knew the propensity of his heart towards sin. And I think that's something that we, you know, as George Mueller, you know, uh, a mighty man of God, uh, that we need to um, uh, be aware of. Uh, that uh, you know that no matter what stage of life we're in, doesn't mean that we are exempt uh, from wickedness or sin, and that's why we need to constantly be praying about that uh, in our hearts, uh, that uh, we do not fall in uh, to that uh, temptation uh, to want to sin, to fall into that temptation to uh, uh, to to watch something we shouldn't, to listen to things we shouldn't, to whatever it may be. You know your weaknesses. And the devil knows your weaknesses, and he knows how to stumble you up. And you may be uh, going good for, you know, you may think, oh, man, I've beat this addiction, or I've, I'm doing well. And guess what? Just when you think that's going to happen, that's when the old devil's going to throw something out there to, to mess you up, you know, every time. And, uh, you know, it, and it's a, uh, all that I can tell you to do is take it a day at a time. Uh, know the battle is at hand. And uh, be prepared to be ready. You know, you're going to be successful sometimes and you're going to fall sometimes. Uh, you know, it is just, uh, that's why it's called a battle, you know. And the old devil knows where to shoot them fiery darts and he knows that weak spot in that armor and that's where he's going to aim every time. But, uh, but as we mature as Christians, we uh, hopefully will recognize more of those snares and pitfalls. We know where to uh, put up our shield and uh, in the battle and not fall quite as easily and, uh, and, and, and avoid those areas we know is going to bring us down. Uh, and so that's why we need to, to be very careful, and that's why that's what we're seeing here, that, um, uh, that uh, uh, to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against the soul. So we need to be very careful about that 
that uh, we abstain from those passions. Those, uh, in fact, um, let's try to think here. Um, uh, well, we can look up at. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, let's look up. We actually look up. We, we were looking at verses uh, nine and ten uh, Sunday evening. Uh, but we can look up here in verse ten. You know, remember, you know, in regards to our passions and abstaining. You know, we have that encouragement here in verse nine. But you are a chosen race. All right, don't forget who you are in Christ Jesus, uh, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. All right, so don't forget who you are in Christ Jesus, and that you have been called out, and that you have been uh, that has been uh, the, 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 those excellencies. All right, and when you give in to those passions, when you give in to those lusts, it dims that light. All right, it it dims that uh, usage that God may have for you, and it clouds your thoughts, it clouds your mind. You know, pornography. It uh, uh, it, it does it clouds uh, the. You've heard uh, my dad talk about his four, talked about, uh, uh, you know, scientifically uh, how that uh, it produces a, a chemical effect in a man's brain to the point it's it's, somewhat, it's similar to that of uh, one taking drugs like heroin or something like that, that uh, it literally produces that uh, euphoric uh, kind of feeling. And, uh, and what's sad is it's on the pornography is on the rise among women. It's almost that of men. Uh, and uh, so that's why we have to be uh, on our guard and uh, uh, be careful not to uh, go down the path uh, that's going to lead us away from God. Because when you mess up and you continue to mess up and you're in that, that vicious circle of I sin, uh, ask for forgiveness, I've sinned, ask for forgiveness, it's hard to get out of that. And after a while, your mind becomes clouded. And after a while, you think, well, you know, I don't even, I'm not even worthy to read my Bible. I'm not worthy to go to church. I'm not worthy. And next thing you know, you're falling deeper and deeper down that dark path. And that's why we can say here, here that uh, Christ has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That now that he, when we start giving into these passions, it's, it's dimming that light. And the more we stay in it, the more it dims that glorious light in which God has pulled, uh, shown us. And, and uh, so that's why we need to, to, you know, if you have a problem on the computer, then, you know, put on some parental guards. You know, have someone who has that you, a friend that you can uh, talk to that can help you stay accountable, uh, that you won't go into those pitfalls and, and uh, avoid those areas uh, that you know uh, uh, going to make you mess up. You know, it don't matter if it's pornography. Then you know there are certain movies you don't need to be watching or TV shows. Uh, if you are an alcoholic or a drug addict, then you know to avoid. Certain parts of town or certain people who are triggers that will uh, cause you to mess up and to uh, uh, and cause you to, to partake in those drugs or alcohol, whatever it may be. You know, we have those areas uh, that we have to uh, to have to find. All right. So uh, so we see that there uh, to save the passions of the flesh, which wage war against our soul. Um Let's see here. In regards to abstaining, uh, let's look at First uh, uh, Corinthians five six through seven real quick. First Corinthians five six through seven. Get over here just a little bit. Corinthians five six and seven. All right. Uh, your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? 
Cleanse out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened for Christ your Passover. So we see that there, that uh, that we need to have that cleanse, that we need to uh, to to be a new lump, if you will. <laughs> okay, so we see that there, that uh, in order to have that to abstain, that um, uh, that that little bit of yeast, that little bit of leaven there. Uh, that, uh, uh, that 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 little leaven uh, leavens the whole lump. Okay, and then we look back at First Peter two nine. Uh, let me get back over here. First Peter two nine, where he's talking about again. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Now let's look over here at Matthew seven seventeen through twenty nine. Okay, Matthew seven seventeen through twenty nine. I thought I had that marked. Yes, I did. <laughs> so let's go over here. Uh, well, that was Matthew 7, Matthew 7, 17 through 20. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. So again, as a Christian... Okay, for those who are saved, we need to make sure, again, you know, we see that bearing good fruit, that we are constantly in that state of growth. We're all constantly in that state of learning. That we're producing the good things of Christ Jesus. But again, you can't do that if you are giving in to those passions and those lusts and those things of the world. You can't produce those good things of Christ Jesus. And what does it say? You can be thrown into the, the lake of fire. So, you know, and so make sure you know that you, you know sometimes people can say they're christians in in words only but their deeds and actions uh show and demonstrate otherwise and by doing that you are not dem- you're not uh, uh producing good fruit okay so let's make sure that we're doing that that we are we are demonstrating those those good things of jesus christ okay keep your conduct now now and we looked at uh, verse 11. Now we're kind of looking more uh, at feelings, if you will. Uh, and then now as you look at verse 12, uh, it comes more into the category of conduct. Okay. So keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God in the day of visitation. Now, okay, so we've got a lot going on here. So keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. Uh, Kaleen is the uh, Greek for that. Beautiful is another word. Beautiful, uh, beauty. And uh, so that uh, so when you speak, in other words, our kind of what the world's going to see, okay, is what we're looking at there. We can look at First um, uh, Peter one fourteen. We get over here. Um, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Okay, again, we're seeing that there. Uh, not be conformed to the things of this world. Now, there's a lot, a lot of reason why uh, this is the scripture is in here, and why we're reading this. Um, during the time uh, the the this when this was being written, uh, Christians, uh, you know. You know, it's like he can get a leg up, if you will. Okay, <laughs> they were they were being condemned even from the beginning, and many thought that they were cannibals and that they sacrificed young children because of the communion when it talks about eating of the flesh and drinking of the blood. So they thought that they were communion, they were uh, cannibals. So they had that bad reputation, 
And then, uh, uh, and on top of that, they thought they were uh, incestual because they were uh, called each other brothers and sisters, and they were loving towards each other. So, so they, so you see how these rumors were getting out uh, that they were uh, uh, evil doers and. Uh, that they were atheists. Now you think, well, how, wait a minute, how could they think that they were atheists if they uh, believed in Christ and believed in God? Well, because they wouldn't bow down and either worship the many gods that they had or bow down to Caesar. So that's why they, they might even consider them atheists in this kind of circumstance and situation. But uh, but that's why we are, their conduct had to be that uh, so that uh, even if they tried to slander them, they would feel bad about it. And um, I started to think there was a, I thought there was a verse. I was trying to think here. Um, well, you know, in regards to, uh, let's see here. Yeah, uh, verse 4, I'm sorry, chapter 4, uh, verse and uh, verse 3 of 1 Peter. So for the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery and malign you. Now, we're talking about evildoers and how they already had a bad uh, idea of uh, who Christians are. Now, in regards to passions, in regards to these evildoers, uh, you know, there is, um, uh, because they were being slandered of who they are. My point is here, there's a lot of younger people out there that if they think that if they, if they take part of the things of the world, they won't make fun of them. They will, they, they will uh, leave you alone uh, because you can conform to the things of the world. And uh, nothing can be further from the truth. You know, I, uh, uh, sadly, when I was in college, I... Uh, had this stupid idea that uh, I was on the outside looking in, that everybody else was having all this fun, and uh, of course they made fun of me because I didn't drink, I didn't do these things, and uh, I got tired of it. I got tired of being the, the Mr. Goody Goody. I got tired of always trying to do the right thing, and so I gave in to this stuff. And it, it just it destroyed my relationship with my parents. It uh, uh, destroyed my relationship with the Lord. Uh, it is. It took me down a, a very, um, a very bad path. I'll be honest with you. And there, I've done things that <laughs> I truly regret. But um, so you know, when you so these things are nothing new. I mean, you know, drunkenness, drinking parties, lawless idolatry, sensuality, passions. I mean, you see all these things, debauchery, that uh, uh, that happen and go on today. And all these younger people, and even grown adults. Uh, that um, uh, people want to make fun of them. And, you know, I, I had my uh, friends, my idiot friends, who say, oh, you need to lighten up, you need to drink, you need to do this, you need to do And all they were doing was trying to pull me down to where they were at. So, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you can't conform with the world and then try to say that you're a Christian. You know, you're going to have to make a decision, and people are going to make fun of you. They are going to put you down and, uh, and, and, and treat you like you're stupid and um, uh, but we come on down here to verse 15 for this is the will of God that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people so when you even when you're trying to do good sometimes people still talk about you like a dog you know sometimes I I still get um, people to, you know tell me from time to time hey do you know so-and-so said this about you or or said that about you and you know and I'm like I, you know used to I let it bother me and allowed it to 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 get my 
temper going. But anymore, I was like, well, I hate to feel that way and go on. I mean, there's no point in, in dwelling on that. But if we live a life as Christians that is exemplary uh, to the point that uh, uh, that even those who are trying to put you down will feel bad, man, you're living a, a good Christian life um, to be able to do that. But uh, that's why that road is narrow. That's why it's tough. Broad is the path that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to life. But walking that narrow path is not always easy. Now, when you look at them evildoers, you know, one, one thing that made me think of um, when they're calling Christians evildoers and you're trying to do good. Uh, I know back in the 80s, uh, I know my dad and mom, uh, they went and marched in Washington against abortion. And, uh, of course, uh, my sister and I, we had to uh, uh, stay home and uh, well, my we stayed with my grandparents, uh, I think, one time, and uh, well, they were going out there to do that. But it is, um, but you know, when they're out there marching, uh, you know, they're marching, they're fighting for life, uh, as many as has before them and after them, trying to, uh, you know, protect a life. You know, you know, to show how evil it has gone, has gone from not only abortion, but now allowing a child to sit outside the womb and then decide if you want to keep that child or not. I mean, that's just evil man just pure evil but you mean i was you know i was thinking you know as they're out there trying to march um i'm sure they had to hear stuff like you know you don't care about women you don't care about the babies you don't care about rape victims you don't care about you know uh you know you're you're it's because of your whiteness or you white evangelicals you know you know i'm sure they heard all kinds of stuff on the opposing side uh, calling them evil doers even though they were trying to do the right thing and trying to protect the sanctity of life and um, but, you know, as a result uh, of, of particularly of, of all those who marched in the early 80s and stuff, look at all these sinners now uh, that have popped up Christian sinners to help, uh, whether battered women, uh, rape victims, those who are might be think contemplating abortion. You got all these Christian sinners now to help these young ladies uh, that uh, may be considering that and offering them an alternative uh, to our abortion. So, see, even even though they tried to condemn uh, those who are out there uh, trying to fight against abortion, uh, the, there are good things that still even developed even out of that. So, so you kind of see where I'm coming from here. That even though Christians are make be called evil doers, well, look at it even today. That um, you know, for those who are trying to do right, for those who are trying to stand on the right side of uh, of uh, history, if you will, okay. And uh, uh, but look at how they look at Christians. They look at Christians as hate mongers. Look at Christians as the bigots. They look at Christians as uh, unloving and hate filled. Why? Because we won't condone uh, transgender, uh, alternative lifestyle choices, uh, homosexuality. We don't condone abortion. Uh, we don't. You know everything. You know you got to look at. Uh, you know uh, to me. Uh, to be a liberal and a Christian, it's just, I don't see how. I mean, every single thing that a liberal hates is everything that a Christian is for. You know, so, I just, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, insanity. So that's why, you know, they look at us like we are evil. In fact, uh, the, if you look in Portland, uh, in the midst of, in fact, I hit on this here, um, it's been a little while back when I was talking about, um, uh, uh, oh, gosh, what's my mind's went blank, the... Um, uh, oh, the racial, um, um, oh my gosh, well, I keep leaving my mind, just went blank on me. Um, it's not racial profiling, but, uh, racial, uh, inequality, no, um, oh my gosh, I don't know, anyway, uh, 
The point is, they they literally called Christians evil. In fact, if you remember the woman, they shouted down the restaurant because they asked her, do you believe in God? Because uh, uh, they uh, didn't uh, want to, uh, so they shouted her down because she said she did believe in God. See, they, they, and they called us evil. Is that not insane? I mean, that is just uh, absolute uh, insanity uh, that they would uh, call a Christian evil. But that's where we've come. That good is considered evil, and evil is considered good now. And so, and I know a lot of people are freaked out and uh, and tore up uh, because of uh, the, the where our, our nation is headed and what's going on, and they're scared to death. And I'm trying to tell people, guys, there is nothing to be afraid of. Okay, there's nothing to be afraid of. God has this. Trust in Him. And he will get you through all these things. There's not a thing the world to be afraid of. God has got this. Let his peace surpass all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds. Remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. There's no reason to be fearful for what's going on and what will happen before Jesus Christ raptures us out of here. Trust in him. You know, so me and my wife were talking about yesterday, you know, she's talking about how we uh, uh, have a have a peace, uh, even though everything's going crazy, but we have a real peace uh, with uh, that, uh, that everything's going to be okay, and we just need to trust in that. Now, uh, there's uh, something I want to read here. Let me get over here to my um, slide over here. Uh, this is um, Cal Thomas, a Christian who is a syndicated newspaper columnist, wrote, this is his Table Talk uh, 891, page 13. So I got a letter from an editor of a newspaper that recently started carrying my column. He said, I'm frustrated because I'm the only believer on the entire editorial staff. I wrote back and said, let's say that you weren't on the newspaper staff, but that you were a CIA plant in the Politburo, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, of the Soviet Union. Would you be complaining that you were the only one there? You would be rejoicing that your government had placed you in such a strategic position. That is the attitude we ought to have. God has placed us in a strategic positions, no matter what your, our job is, whether we are employed or not. If we can catch the, that vision, if we can see ourselves as a spiritual equivalent of CIA plants and the world as the polit, Politburo, <laughs> so, then I think we can get on fire for God and really do something significant. Thus, as pilgrims in enemy territory, we adopt a mindset as aliens. We fight a war against fleshly lust. We maintain a lifestyle of good works, even when we are treated unfairly or wrongly by the lost. And uh, and so that's true. You know, uh, you know, we um, we may be the only Christian that uh, may be in your workplace, at your school. You know, wherever you're at or what you're doing, you may feel like you're alone. But hey, we are on enemy grounds. And uh, so we need to use that opportunity to express and show the love of Jesus Christ no matter where you're at. Be ready for that battle in hand. And even though they're going to mock us and call us names and accuse us of things, expect it. It's going to happen. I mean, it, it, God's word's clear on that. God, Jesus said, they hated me first. So don't, don't be shocked. Don't be surprised that they're also going to hate you as well. Okay. So uh, so they're going to speak against you as evildoers. They may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Uh, now, let's see here. We can look at, um, uh, I'm trying to think here. Uh, I thought there was another verse I was going to look at, but I guess not. Um, 
Well, let's see. We can look at uh, Acts 15, 14, I think it was. I'm going to look over here real quick. Acts 15, 14. Um, let me go over here. Uh, Simeon, or Peter, has related how God first visited the Gentiles to take, them, uh, to take from them a people for his name. Now, let's look also at Luke 1, 6 through 8. Luke 1, I'm sorry, Luke 1, 68. I apologize. Blessed be the Lord of God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. Okay? So, we're referring to that day of visitation. And uh, some may refer to that as uh, the second coming uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, and, uh, and it very well may be. So we may, you know, before Jesus raptures out of here. Now remember, there's a, there's a difference between the rapture and the second coming. And we've talked about that before. There is that distinct uh, difference between those two. And uh, so that's why until, uh, you know, there, there are those that when they stand before God are going to receive commendation. And there are those who are stand before God and receive condemnation. And uh, so we need to keep that in mind and remember that one day we're going to stand before God and we're going to be raptured out of here. We're going to have that judgment seat. And uh, for those who are saved, of course, we get to go on through the gates of heaven. And for those who are unsaved, they'll be judged for every single thing they've ever done in the flesh and in uh, every sin they've ever done. And guess what? They're going to spend an eternity in hell. People don't want to hear that today. People don't like it. Uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the thoughts of hell. They want to say it doesn't exist. That way they can ease their conscience. That way they can do what they want to. They can live in the world however they want, think however they want, say whatever they want. If there's no hell, no consequences, no punishment, then hey, live your life however you want to. But the fact remains, and it doesn't change the fact, that hell is real. And heaven is real. And you better realize that we're going to be standing for God. And if you're living a life as a Christian... And all you're doing is in, in giving lip service and you're more worried about what those around you think instead of worrying about what God thinks, heaven help you. Because we need to be worried about what God thinks, particularly in these last days. And the fact that, uh, you know, we're going to be standing for God sooner or later, whether he raptures that or not, you know, our lifespan is not that long. It's not but a, but a vapor. We're only here just for a little while. So you better start getting your act together. And, you know, it's like my mom and dad used to say when I was a kid and I wasn't doing what I was supposed to. You better straighten up and get your act together, you know. <laughs> Nothing worse than getting that. <laughs> you see that. When dad did that, you know you're in trouble. Or when mom used that middle name, Matthew Aaron Young, you know you better run, squirrel, because it's going to be bad. <laughs> will come after you. So, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we're living a life. You know, we want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. We want to hear those words. So we want to do those things that are pleasing. How do we do those things that are pleasing? So that we do those things, all right, like we were seeing here uh, uh, in uh, verses 9 and uh, talking about uh, that we are that chosen race, that uh, that we are uh, people that uh, now you are God's people. You know, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We see those things. And so that's why we need to uh, abstain from the passions of the flesh. We need to, uh, those things which wage war against the soul. Why? Because we have been, uh, as, as we were reading here, we have been uh, called out of darkness into the marvelous light. 
so you know, so uh, keep our conduct among Gentiles honorable, so they speak against you as evil doers, that they may see your good works and, and glorify God in the day of visitation. So let us make sure that we you know we just don't make excuses for our sin. Let's make sure that our conduct is worthy of praise. You know, it is, you know, it is, um, uh, you know, I understand that we are not perfect. Okay, nobody is perfect. There's none righteous, no, not one. But I think so many people make excuses for sin, so, and to justify their sin, and they don't want to rise above it and and no longer partake in that. We need to remember. We need to abhor sin. We need to hate it. We need to loathe it with all every fiber of our being. And we need to keep in mind we're going to be standing before God. You know. So uh, let's put it this way. All right. You know, if you're by yourself. And uh, whether it's passions of the flesh or whatever it may be, and um, you think nobody's around and uh, you are tempted to look at something or do something you know is not glorifying unto God, if um, if God was to come through that door, what would you do? If your pastor come through that door, what would you do? Son or daughter come through that door, what would you do? Spouse come through that, you'd be embarrassed. You'd be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I screwed up, I'm so sorry. Because all that guilt, all that conviction, you know you were doing wrong. So we need to keep in mind, judgment day is coming. And so we need to act forthright. We need to make sure we're, we're, we are, are doing those things that are bearing that good fruit, as we were reading earlier. We're doing those things that are glorifying unto God, Okay. So make sure that uh, that every day that you wake up, every day that you are trying to serve an almighty God and that your lifestyle is reflective of those things of the Lord. Now, let's look over here. I want to get another little slide for us to look at real quick. And uh, this is um, Jonathan Edwards. Now, I don't always agree. Some of his theology was flawed, and I, wouldn't, I didn't always agree with the things that he said, but I thought this made a good quote. Um, God is the highest good of the reasonable creature, and the enjoyment of him is the only happiness with which our souls can be satisfied. To go to heaven fully to enjoy God is infinitely better than the most pleasant accommodations here. Fathers and mothers, husbands, wives, or children, or the company of earthly friends are but shadows but the enjoyment of God is the substance. These are but scattered beams, but God is the sun. These are but streams, but God is the fountain. These are but drops, but God is the ocean. Therefore, it becomes us to spend this life only as a journey towards heaven, as it becomes us to make the seeking of our highest end and proper good, the whole work of our lives to which we should subordinate all other concerns of life, which should we labor for or set our hearts on, anything else but that which is our proper end and true happiness. So these things we see here, experience here, are but just shadows of what is to come. Now, whatever joy, whatever fun you have, it's just but shadows of things to come. You know, it is uh, it is tough. You know, it, it is not an easy thing uh, to uh, um, to be a Christian, it's not an easy thing to to walk that narrow path. It, it is hard. It is difficult. But the rewards are out of this world. So make sure you you remember that you are strangers. You are exiles in this land. You are merely passing through. And uh, just like we were in a strange country, you know, we would uh, uh, you know 
try to do those things that might not offend people so much, but uh, we realize, hey, this ain't my home. I want to be here for a little while. I don't want to set up camp. I don't want to live here. You know, it's kind of fun to visit. I can't wait to get home. Hey, no different here on this earth. We don't want to set up camp. We don't want to get comfortable here. Hey, we're looking forward to getting home. That's where we need to look at, and we better start living a life that's reflective of that and that uh, realize you're going to be standing for God sooner than later. And uh, make sure that you're, you're living that life as pleasing the Lord. Be aware, you know, be aware of those pitfalls, those temptations, those snares. Avoid those things and study and read and be prepared for that battle each and every day. You know, I, I've said this a million times. I'll say it again. It's not a matter of uh, will I be in a battle. It's a matter of when that battle hits. And we're all going to have a battle every day. And whether it's temper, whether it's uh, sexual Things, whatever it is, you know, we're going to have to fight against that drug addiction, whatever. Uh, We know we're going to have to fight against those kind of things and make sure that we are pure of heart and pure of mind. And uh, because just like we've been reading here, that uh, we have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And let us not dim that marvelous light. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much for this wonderful day, a blessed day, a good day. Lord, help us uh, to live that life uh, that is reflective of you, that change of heart, that change of mind, to reflect and show that we have been redeemed, we have been sanctified, we have been glorified through you, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord Jesus, that uh, even those who try to malign and slander us, that uh, they would even feel guilt because of the good that we're trying to do to serve you. And Lord, if there's anyone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer, dear God. Forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead God and watch your protection for me again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I appreciate all you guys and gals for watching this evening. And I uh, want to make sure to invite you out Sunday morning from 11 or 12 at 118 Julie Lane. Be sure and join us. And uh uh, Roger Anderson, good teaching. Thank you, Roger. Great sermon. Thank you, Mr. Trailer. You're a good man, and God bless you. Thank you, my mother-in-law, and uh, everybody else that uh, watched, Amy Linda Arnold, David Campbell, Amy Harden, and uh, so many others. I don't want to leave everybody out. I know there's a lot of other people watching this evening, and uh, Robert DeBray, so many others. So thank you for watching, and appreciate uh, you tuning in each time we meet, uh, that you're eager to learn. And you know, that's a great thing. When I see the same people logging in, even new people, it's a great thing because I'm seeing people who are wanting to learn. They're wanting to grow. They want to educate themselves in the ways uh, of, of God's Word. And that's great, man. That shows me that you're wanting to learn, that you're, you're not satisfied with where you're at. You want more. So praise God for that. Well, everybody has a great evening. And Lord willing, we'll, uh, I'll, for those who follow my devotions, we'll meet in the morning. Otherwise, uh, Lord willing, I'll see you all Sunday evening. So God bless and take care.